Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. It's the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino and this is Real Everyday People. Thank you for staying, for staying tuned, for tuning in, for sharing, for subscribing, all that good stuff. Thank you for all the love and support. Uh, got some good guests in here, some good company. As you see, we're rolling with the Thanksgiving theme for today because I know Thanksgiving is in the next couple of days. So, you know, we want to break bread with each other because, you know, this is the way that we show our gratitude for each other, our family, our friends, our loved ones, my support system, all the people who are around me, who are positive, who encourage me, who help me, who aid me, who assist me, who love me unconditionally. Like, you know, like I, I have a lot to be grateful for. And, um, and, and you know, even having good people in my life, friends like this, you know, uh, you guys are, are assets to the community, assets to other people's lives, man. Yes. So uh, today we got my uh, a friend of mine, Ferris Jacob. How you doing, I'm Ferris? Okay, and then we got my man Spencer over here. How you doing, Spencer Hunter? Yeah, my man. Where you from, Spence? I'm from Inkster. Inkster, baby. Inkster, what's up, baby? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, I always want to bring something to the table. You know, I always want to bring diversity to the table. I, I also want to create a platform so that, you know, we get to hear everybody's stories. You know, have a diverse crowd, have a diverse guest, be able to reach different people, educate different uh, different people in different ways. You know, here we're a show that's very open, very open-minded, very open-hearted, and, 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 and this whole podcast is, is really to reach out to people, help build people up, educate people. So, um, so no, without no further ado, you know, I'm gonna let my man Ferris go ahead and tell you, uh, introduce himself to you guys, and tell him a little bit about himself. How you doing? I'm Ferris. Uh, I manage a restaurant inside the airport, the Leos. You know, I've been doing that. We've opened up for three years, almost four. It's about mm-hmm. three and a half years, and it's uh, it's been a journey. This whole COVID is uh, took a hit, especially on restaurants, and you know they shut us down again. But hey, we. We still out there and we're still trying to do our thing. Shout out to Leo's Coney Island, huh? <laughs> Chili yeah. cheese fries, extra crispy, holla at me. Spencer supervisor with us, and he'd be rolling it down. So listen, I got I got I got Leo's finest here. You hear me? They gonna tell you how it go from front to back, you know? And shout out to my baby Katie Montroy, you know what I'm saying? She be busting her little butt at work. Oh, and dang. uh and these are supervisors, and she always tell me that they good people do a good job. And it, it comes with a lot of responsibility when you're in a leadership position of any kind. You have to manage people. You have to manage, uh, you know, customers. You have to manage yourself and the people you work with. So, you know, for those who are, are, aren't familiar with the restaurant business, like, there's so much that comes with it. And I know that, you know, sometimes they make it look easy, but there's just so much more to it. Especially in the airport, it's uh, all travelers. So everybody's on, like... Time the clock when they got aboard, so they're always okay. in like a kind of a rush. So you gotta get the food out. You gotta get it good. If not, you know, Katie would be you know yelling at us, "Where are my fries? They're not hot." <laughs> you know, send these back and stuff like that. You know, she she be cussing us out sometimes, but at the end of the day, hey. you know, she 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 likes the work we put in. You know, and 
Well, Katie, Katie hustles. Katie hustles. Well, she believes in quality over quantity. You know customer service. And that's why she picked me. Service. But with me, she get both. She get quality and quantity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, she got great customer service. Customers love her, you know. Oh, no, absolutely. That, yeah, she's very but, professional. But see, when she be on at us, it's for the customer, which is good. So sometimes you can't yeah, even be that's like, That's the name hey, of the business. The customer yeah. is always right. Yeah, so she she's looking out for the customer, which is looking out for the, the whole restaurant. You know. So, you know, just to even understand what's required of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to bite your tongue a lot. You have to be very patient. You have to be very tolerant. You have to be very understanding because I can only imagine working at an airport, the diversity. You get foreign people from everywhere who don't speak English. Um, they like, like Katie was telling me, like, they have different value systems. Like, you know, a lot of Asian countries, when they come through there and they come to a restaurant, they don't believe in tipping. You know, and it's just, you know, it's just different traditions in different places. If, if you know, uh, tipping actually started with the end of uh, slavery. Oh, yeah? So what happened was is people were now having to pay employees they never paid. So, you know, they started suggesting tips. Okay. So, you know, where they could pay somebody at a lower minimum wage and then they would get tipped out. So when slavery ended is when we actually started tipping here. So these people that wow. come in from other countries, right, they didn't have that. So they're not used to tipping. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's all built into their, um, you know, their pay. So, but if you go to like Asia and stuff like that, and China, you know, Korea, their their food at restaurants is actually more expensive because it's built into their, you know, their salaries, their okay. pay, their hourly wage. Right. You know, and over right. here, that's why it's like that. Well, big ups to all my family, my friends, whoever you are, if you a server, and, and I know that, you know, it's not an easy job, memorizing everything that people tell you, like, I think it's amazing, and shout out to you guys, I hope you guys get good tips for the holidays. Oh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. they get the they get the, the, yeah. the main yelling of the customers, you know. So, how did you two meet? I started working for his uncle, met him at Leo's. Okay, so, what, what did his uncle, you started working for his uncle, did he own a restaurant, or he... Yeah. Pretty big name. Okay. All right. And I got a good name too, so they kind of found me. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's good. That's that's what goodness attracts goodness. You know what I'm saying? In the restaurant, Spencer's been in the airport for some time before the the Mac was even built. Back okay. Smith and all that. Don't stuff, tell so. too much, man. <laughs> so no. he, he, he's he's been there. He sees it. So With the airport, it's a little difficult because it's a chain effect. When one person's got a flight. They'd be like, oh, I'm boarding. And then it, everyone becomes like boarding. So you got to like kind of yeah. take it. But what? So what position do you hold at work? I'm his supervisor in the kitchen. Okay. All right. And you are what? You're a manager? manager the store manager. Okay. Basically. So what, 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 does, what does your job specifically consist of? We're talking about cooks. How many cooks do you have well, working at a time? Maybe two or three, including myself. Okay, all right. You know, yeah. and I got to make sure that the kitchen is ran right. All right. Keep everything up to code, cleaned up, yeah. you know, make sure food is at right temperatures. Yeah. You know. And you got a pretty good team. Like, is everybody receptive to, you know, what you're trying to accomplish for the day? Or, like, what are the challenges that come with, well, you know, being a supervisor? There's a lot of challenges with that. But, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it all works out. Everybody ain't perfect. 
But you know, we do what we got to do to get it going. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Teamwork make a dream work. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Everybody going through something. You got to think you're running a business. Everybody got something going on. Times like this, people are stressful. You got to be at your best. You got to be the most tolerant, the most professional because, you know, your customers are going through it. So, you know, I just, you know, I send my prayers out, man, that every, everybody have safe holidays. You know, whether you traveling or you staying home, man, just be, be kind to one another, man. Be respectful to one another. You know what I mean? Like, it don't take nothing nothing to say please thank you and excuse me it don't take nothing to hold the door for somebody you know what i right. mean so especially you know, now let's practice love man more than anything because i think everybody got a little bit of healing to do yeah especially with covid like it, it's no joke i know mm -hmm. uh, i have a friend his dad got it and two weeks later he passed away and wow. his uncle at the funeral they found out he tested positive like right after funeral he was feeling sick yeah man and then two weeks after his dad died. His uncle died, which is his dad's wow, brother. Wow, man! That's you know, so. you know, all, all my prayers, all my love goes goes to everybody who's dealing with COVID right now. You know, whether you're dealing with it or impacted directly, or or you know, a loved one that's going through it, man. My prayers go to you. Amen to that. Oh, yeah, so, so are you? You're a cook as well, right? Yeah, I I uh, manage the whole restaurant, do a lot of the you know back work, but. I like to focus on the kitchen because the kitchen is like the heart of the restaurant. If the food's coming out, you know that's mm -hmm. that. That's what it's it's running everything. He's in the server. What, what's, what's your nationality? I'm sorry, I didn't mean oh, yeah. to cut you off. No, no, but no. What, what's your nationality? I'm a uh, Palestinian. Palestinian. Okay. I was born in uh, San Francisco, '88. Okay, '88, you know, San Francisco. Yeah, my huh? my team is kind of injured right now. You know the <laughs> Niners. Okay. But you know, at least they're still not the Lions. You know, but <laughs> man, you better bless his head. No, but you know, the Niners is that's always been my team. Yeah. I wish I'd have knew that before I put him here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. Actually, one of my uh, cousins, uh, one of my best friends' cousins, is on the Lions. So. You oh, know, okay. I got respect for him, but yeah, you're better. Niners is in my heart, you know. So how did you, so from San Francisco you came what you landed to in Michigan? Yeah. So a lot of my uh, dad's family is in San Francisco, and uh, you know after the earthquake and all that stuff, the '89, you know my dad lost a lot. So my mom's side of the family was out here, mm -hmm. and my mom had a sister <clears throat> in Cleveland. So we kind of went to Cleveland. We were there for a month. It wasn't wasn't right, you know. And then mm -hmm. we came to to Michigan. It was like '94, so. You know, I was young, but we moved here, came to Garden City, okay. and then from uh, Garden City, I went to school there until the sixth grade, and then I uh, we moved to Livonia, you know, and then from Livonia, I just been in Livonia. Yeah? You know? What's it like, like, living in Garden City in Livonia? Like, because, like, me growing up, you know, in the neighborhood, it's like, yeah. man, I think of Livonia, Garden City, I'm like, man, that's, that's like rich people, that's suburbs, yeah. like, I even had a homeboy from yeah. Westland. And and he and because he was from Westland, I thought he was rich. I was like, man, you from the suburbs, man. He's like, no, I ain't. I'm from Shacktown. I said, Shacktown, what that mean, you know? So he's like, I'm gonna show you. So he took me to Westland, took me through Shacktown, and literally is a neighborhood community full of shacks. You know what I'm saying? Like garages. And I was like, I felt bad for the brother. I said, damn, I'm from the hood, and my my stuff looking better than your situation, you know. So, you know, we ended up bonding from there, and it just, you know, it really. It really helped me grow a little bit because you can't automatically judge somebody and what they go through where they be, just because of where they're from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's people everywhere struggling one way or the other. You know, so yeah. many people eat with their eyes. We judge with our eyes and with what we see. But at the end of the day, man, people got layers and layers of things that they carrying on them, man. So 
again, that's just to reiterate, man. Let's let's be kind to one another because you know we going through things, and, and so is everybody else. Yeah, I like Livonia Garden City. It's like you know, you know everybody in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks out for each other. That's you know, good. I think it's it's a you know pretty normal. I like Livonia because uh, their public safety is on point. The fire department, the police department, okay. they're always parked outside, like in the parking lots across street from my house. So. Yeah, and is it a diverse community? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. See, okay. people don't, they think Livonia, and they think, oh, there's, you know, money out there, but it's, I don't I don't think so, because then <clears throat> when we look at, like, Nordville and all that stuff, so, okay. you know, we're just like, oh, no, it's not money out here, it's just Nordville is right up the street, can, you know, mm-hmm. all that, a lot bigger houses. I'm on the border yeah. of Livonia and uh, okay. Westland, and, all you right. know, some people toward... The Nordville side would be like, oh, that's, you know, the shitty part of Livonia. But, <laughs> hey, hey, it's like that everywhere, man. I, I'm, I'm cool you can be in Bluefield Hills. Somebody going to be like, oh, we from over here, you from yeah. over there. You know how it goes, man. Everything's, you know, people are competitive, man. It's it's, it's human nature, I guess. Well, in Livonia, we got uh, the three main high schools, you know, Churchill, Franklin, and uh, Stevenson. So okay. it's always like, oh, you're from that part of town or this part of town. Okay. But it's all Livonia, you know what I'm saying? And it's... Uh, you know, going in high school and all. So that. you were you, you were telling me that uh, that you had went to college for a while. You had pursued an education in dental. Yeah, I, well, I was pre dental. Okay. Going to Detroit Mercy. Detroit and, Mercy. Yeah, right. that's where I graduated from. I got my degree from there, and uh, I was always working with my family. And like while I was you know about to graduate, when my father passed, you know the right move to me at the time was to continue working with the family. And, you know, going from there, and that's where I am today, which is, you know, working with family is great. It's got mm-hmm. its pros. It's got its cons, like everything else. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it, I, I like it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just, I, I respect the fact because him and I had this conversation and we were talking about, you know, the reason he pursued, uh, you know, the, the you know, be, being, a, you know, in the, in, the, in the dental industry was to the fact that, um, he wanted he wanted to be able to still manage a decent life and still have time for himself, have time for his family, you know, because a lot of times, you know, even prior to me being released from prison, like, you know, I had an idea of how the world functioned and everybody's like constantly in a hustle and bustle. And, you know, even with parents, you know, who are working hard and some parents work two jobs, three jobs, you know, just to be able to provide a good life. But I just feel like, you know, too many times, you know, we put humanity to the side and people are running themselves down and they're sacrificing the privileges of spending time with their family, friends and loved ones, you know, for the sake of making money. And and it's like, you know, that's the it's become the American way to just do whatever you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Just to be able to make ends meet, you know, and, and I just, you know, at the end of the day, I just I have a different value system now and, and I just don't take my family, my friends or my loved ones for granted. You know what I mean? So I also want to be able to live a lifestyle where I'm I'm making a, I'm making a living for myself, but I also get to spend the time because you know when you spend time with your family those are the things that are priceless you know oh yeah well, yes, see, the thing is though with uh why i pursue it like what i was going for dental versus like medical is because all the doctors that i know are always like <clears throat> 60 70 hours in the hospitals this and that and every dentist i know spends a lot of family time and that's one of the reasons too why you know if i continue going to school my mom you know would keep working in the family stores, my cousin's stores and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, let me go this direction because, you know, the more school I was in, the more she was working. And I was like, hey, 
Okay. I didn't want her to work. Yeah. So that's why I was like, all right, let me hustle now. Let me do my thing now. You know, and it's good. You know, my man, Palestinian brother. And, you know, he shared with me. I just automatically assumed, assumed that because he was Palestinian that he was a Muslim. But um, he explained to me that he was an Orthodox Christian. And, uh, you know, you want to share a little bit about that, you know? Oh, yeah. So I'm from Palestine, a town called Ramallah, right? And Palestine is, you know, it's the Holy Land. So you got, you know, Christians, you got Muslims, you got Jews. And they all live together, you know. And for the, the main part, you know, it, people always see the war that goes on on the news and this and that. The people, really for the most part, you know, they don't have problems living with each other. It's the governments that always are pushing war because war is money, you know. Okay. And it's shitty because, you know, you'll see people in the big, oh, he's Palestinian. And they'll think, oh, you know, he, he's a terrorist. They're trying to kill us, this and that. And it's not like that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like they're assuming stuff. You know, I got Muslim friends that are Palestinian. I got Christian friends that are Palestinian. And okay, wow. All Middle Eastern people, is, you know, there's a lot of Christians. And there's a lot of Muslims. And, then, you know, there's the Jews. And they all live together. You know what? That's, that's beautiful. You know, that's, that's unity, you know. Definitely. I, you yeah. know, it'd be good to be able to practice that a little bit everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little rough because, you know... For the most part, because it was Palestine, and then when Israel, you know, they made Palestine into Israel, and you know, they came in, and they had, you know, they started the war, and they're taking a lot of territory, you know, so okay. it's all, you know, under the Israeli government, they're, they're occupying, you know, Palestine, and they'll be kicking people out of their houses, so I know how it is, you know, when people come over here I have cousins that move over here from over there you know and yeah you know, absolutely lose, we can relate they Definitely. lose their houses they lose everything and they come over here and that's why you'll see a lot of people can, can you tell me this man yeah. how like I've met so many middle Middle Eastern people and they love freestyle music they love it you know like they're hip to all the artists the songs and and um, you know like when I was in prison like that's how I connected to a lot of Middle Eastern brothers Chaldeans Lebanese like they really you know enjoyed freestyle music just like we do you know just like a lot of us Latinos did you know yeah so like where did that come from like how did that start you know you know what uh, I think it's more of an overseas thing you know or like foreign people that because they can relate to most of the music even with house music I, uh, I'm in the house music. I go to Ultra Music Festival, Miami Music Week. Mm. Every year, for the I went the last five years in a row, and then COVID messed this year up. But, you know, okay. hopefully we'll be back in the, in the scene. And you get all these people from over 100 different countries. They come for the music, mm. you know. And wow. it's, it's like a big festival, you know, with thousands and thousands that's of people. That's the language that everybody speaks. When and, you hear that and that's oh, that's my song. A boom, 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 yeah, boom, you know what and, I mean? And that's the thing. You ha you don't have problems at those festivals. You don't have no yeah. fights and people just like, you You could be partying mm -hmm. with somebody from a different country, not even be able to speak to them, but you can mm -hmm. party with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you just relate like that and it's, it's a great time. Just yeah. all of my mu uh, music week, you get the DJs from flying in. So you brought your hookah with you. Oh, yeah. Like, what's up with the hookah, man? Like, the, I, the you know, I've never thing. seen it before. I came home, and I just, I was seeing hookah shops everywhere, and I'm like, what's up with the hookah? You know what I mean? So, 
you've been over here blowing good. You yeah. know, you got the fruit thing. Like, can you kind of explain it a little bit, break it down for us, and like tell us like a little bit of history on, on the hookah, where it came from? Or? Yeah, well, it came from uh, the Middle East. Like a lot of Egyptians, it was like original over there. They have them, so that's why you'll see like the Egypt ones, the really old ones. But it's basically flavored tobacco and molasses. And then they dry it, they hollow it out the orange, they put it in, put the foil, you put the charcoal on top, like the one I got over here. It just looks right. like a lot of work. Yeah, but I see, and then, I thought they was marshmallows. He said they was charcoal. I said, okay. <laughs> so then what it does, oh, you had a snack family. Yeah, you smoke it, it comes through the water, the filter, it kind of, you know, chills the smoke. And you smoke it. You know, it's like more of a social thing. I'm like, bro, you can't be smoking no bongs on here, bro. He's like, oh, it ain't it, you know. So tobacco. I've never, I've never tried it before. I'm not, you know, I don't smoke cigarettes and stuff like that. But you know, a, a funny story. So there's this uh, Orthodox camp in uh, Pennsylvania, right in Ligonier. And, you know, you can't smoke on the property. It's like a church camp, you know. Wow. Okay. And one of my friends was there uh, as a counselor. And he was like, oh, I got to have hookah. So he went to the local McDonald's, bought some food, lit his hookah in the parking lot. And he got surrounded by the police because they thought it was, you know, he was smoking a bong in the, oh, in the yeah. parking lot. And yeah. they searched his car and everything. And he was like, no, it's tobacco, you know. He's like, I don't smoke weed, you know. So I'll take a drug test. And it, just Shout out to my boy Valon Jukai out there in Albania. He be he be blowing big boy. Uh, uh, what what do you call it again? Hookahs, big boy hookahs. Uh, Argila in Arabic, you know okay. they call it. But see, you'll see a lot of them here in in Michigan. You'll see a lot of them in Miami and stuff like that. But they don't make them like they here. Mm -hmm. See, uh, actually, Dearborn in uh, the Detroit area has the most Arabs outside the Middle East. Wow. So if you go anywhere in the world, nobody has as many Arabs as we have just here. So you see, I learned a couple things, you know. Got a group friends, but yeah, it's just yeah, social. You hang out, watch, you know, football games, you know, basketball games, have hookah. It's just chill, you know. So listen, after college, what happened? After college, what did you do? After you, you pursued. Um, you know, what, what, what degree? You got a degree, right? Yeah. Okay, what'd you get a degree in? So it, it's a little bit of a, a weird degree because I went to school for biology, right? Okay. But because uh, it was like I had one lab left till I graduated, right? Okay. And the lab was always in the winter semester, you know? So when my father passed, I missed a bunch of, you know, labs, and you can't make up those labs. So mm -hmm. the dean was like, hey, you know, you have to wait another year, basically, to take this lab, or I can transfer you to the School of Liberal Arts, and they use my biology credits and um, chemistry credits for, like, a liberal arts degree, but specialty for biology and chemistry, mm -hmm. you know, okay. so that's, they, they looked out for me, you know, and that's, hey, that's good. another reason why I was, like, I like Detroit Mercy because it wasn't, like, a big university to where you're a number, you know, you actually talk to your professors. They know who you are. You know, you know who they are. And, you know, I went to Schoolcraft College, you know, and it was a you know, community college, so I transferred over to Detroit Mercy. Okay. You know, it was private university. What was the difference between the two? Uh, it was similar, just a lot harder classes. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> most of the professors that when you take the classes there, they they write the books and stuff like that. So listen, man, big shout yeah. out to WCCCD, man, because 
you know, I came home and, and I just wanted to stay on the right path. So I immediately jumped into college. And, um, you know, so I went for a semester, but it was a big challenge for me because, you know, me being a returning citizen, being gone for 17 years, I didn't be, I wasn't able to grow with the technology world. So when I came home, you know, I just, I'm accustomed to taking notes, reading, writing, you know, and, and so when I came home, like that's not even the way that things function anymore. So I had signed up for college and overwhelmed myself because I didn't prepare myself, take any technology classes or anything like that. So, you know, I got discouraged, man. So I, I wasn't able to, to pursue, to pursue my, my education. But since I've been working at the DHDC, like they've been, they've been training me, they've been grooming me, they've been cultivating me, they've empowered me, they've been educating me. Like I've grown so much. Even during this COVID era, I've been working from home. I, I'm, you know, I know how to work a laptop now. I can do emails and stuff like that. So, you know, I feel really good about myself because, you know, I'm adding to my, my value, my personal value. And, and just to anybody, if you feel stagnant or you just, you know, just walk fearless, man. Walk like a giant. If there's obstacles and challenges in front of you, look at them like projects. Look at them from a different perspective, a positive perspective, you know. And, and just, you know, just be fearless and break down the mental barriers that you have and allow yourself to grow. And um, because sometimes in life, man, you're the only one standing in your own way. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's real right there. So, so you got a you got a you got a degree in bio, yeah. and how has that benefited you? Well, I started working with my cousins when I was ten years old in the family in the stores. My cousin had uh, a bunch of Mrs. Fields. Mrs. Fields, okay. So, so cookie cookie stores okay. in the malls, and then I uh, would go to the stores when I was young. You know, wash the dishes, go get stuff from the freezers, the coolers, clean up around the stores while they're busy, and you know, I always worked with my family. So after a while I was in school, I was still working, you know, started managing the stores in school, you know, full-time, and working full-time. And then uh, I started working with my friend's cousin. He did check cashing, and uh, he, you know, the cash advance, I was going to buy into one of the stores, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't me, you know. I, I just didn't see myself in that direction, so I went back to working in cookie stores. And now, uh, you know, my cousin was a partner in uh, Leo's, and he said, you know, apply for this, because Amazon destroyed the retail world, you know, because everybody can order something, and if they don't like it, they'll return it. So, so like, shout out to Amazon, because y'all keep me straight. Yeah, destroyed the retail world, so I was like, the malls were going down, and, you know, they're slower, a lot slower than they were. I was like, I need action. I'm too hyper for this, you know? Yeah. So that's when I went to the airport. But also, um, my cousins forever, ever since, you know, medical marijuana has been around. They were, they've been growing and stuff. So, I, you know, I always work with them on the side. You know, okay. Because you always have to keep working. You always have to move up. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like people will always live the lifestyle of the jobs they have. Right, so in order to go to the next level, you gotta always have your side hustle. You know what I'm saying? So I always worked, you know, with them. Started growing. It was a little bit, uh, I would say, easier for me than the average person because of the bio degree. Okay. Right? So you already got an understanding. So as I'm studying, like you know, the plants and stuff like that. What what strand is that? Uh, this one right here. Is it, that's a that's a blueberry OG. Blueberry OG. This right here is a uh, cookie Kush. It's a Girl Scout cookie crust with the OG Kush. 
Okay. You know, and I've just been growing, having fun with it. It's, you know, a good time. And meet a lot of new people, too, with yeah, and, 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 and I'm sure you make a lot of good money too. Right? Yeah, it's good. It's good, you know. But see, so, so let, let's let's just to just for somebody who just wants to start up a you know a, a grow room, you know, because we're in Michigan, it's legal, mm-hmm. uh, both recreational and medicinal. But um, so what? Like, say there, uh, somebody had a basement, and had a room, seventeen by twenty-two, from top to bottom. What would they need to get to get themselves started? You know. Well. For most rooms that we've built, or like help build, right, I always tell people, you know, 25000 30000 to do it right. And something like this, you you know, you got to start right. You got to start with a good-sized room. You got to start with all the right equipment. You know what I'm saying? You you can't just do like, you know, people do small tents for like personal stuff, mm-hmm. right? But to go on a bigger level, you got to get the right lights. Every environment is different. So like, okay. Right? Okay. So... Every room, you can't say, like, this room is going to be exactly this because, you know, this environment might be a different environment. What works for you might not work for me. They're asking if you brought any samples. (laughs) I I, I brought some samples. Samples? (laughs) They're around here somewhere. (laughs) You know, it's uh, good stuff. You know, I I smoke at night. I stick to flour, you know, because... When I smoke, I smoke. So it's like I'm almost like useless. So I know my my limit of all right. Let me smoke at night because all day I got to be focused on yeah. you know, especially the plants. So everything. so so if if somebody was trying to build a room mm-hmm. and and like what would they need as far as like because I, I remember hearing you mention humidifier, dehumidifiers. Um, you talking about air air uh, supply CO2 temperatures sensors. and like you know I don't I know it's like it's it's like yeah. speaking a foreign language to me. But, you know, for other people who may, you know, be wanting to start something up, like what kind of chemicals do you use and and, and what are the good and the bad of certain chemicals that you may or may not use? Uh, A lot of people... Because there's a lot of people who don't know how to grow and, you know, they're they're using chemicals and, you know, people are getting sick and getting hurt from these things. So, you know, I I just think that if you want to improve yourself and improve the quality of your work... And, 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 and identify with your work as a reflection of who you are, you know, then, then you know, I believe that, you know, it's, it's educational to hear other trial and errors from other people and different things that they use, you know, to help improve yourselves and what you're trying to do. Well, you need the right environment because it's, it's you know, like California, perfect environment for it, you know. Um, so you got to kind of mimic that with the lights. You got, you know, the HPS, you know, you get Phantoms, Gavitas, those lights, which is going to require a lot more air condition because they put off so much heat, right? Okay. So you're going to need, um, basically, you go LED, right? LED, LED. Okay. is a newer technology, so not a lot of people know how to grow with LEDs. Mm-hmm. So okay. people grow, they study, like, growing with, you know, the room temperature of, you know, with the, what you're setting your AC for HPS, you know, for... And uh, the double-ended lights, the single-ended lights, and then that's where they mess up because they don't get the temperatures right with LED because they're not. And so is that LED. what creates like spider mites and russet mites? You know, because well, I've heard people who had trial and error, and and you know they ended up losing a whole crop over you know russet mites and spider mites. And how do you even prevent that? You know, and you know even preventing seeds or you know anything like that, like. 
just give well, it just something brief, just so, so that they understand how the, how the process goes. With with mites and bugs and all that stuff, um, if anybody tells you they don't have them, they're liars, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has bugs. Why? You're in houses. You're opening up doors. You're bringing in dirt from outside, right? Okay. That will have bugs and stuff in it. So if <clears> anybody <throat> tells you, oh, I don't have bugs, they're lying. It's how you control them. So you're mm-hmm. constantly spraying them with, you know, cleaners, which aren't really bad. It's basically like water, oil, and, you know, soap, you know. Mm-hmm. And you spray them, and you kind of control it that way. You know, you get the fruit fly uh, sticky traps because, you know, I grow in cocoa, mm-hmm. which is different. Than so you're saying that you can even go to other people's uh, houses and pick up stuff that you all bring all back day, home that could affect. All day. If somebody's got know? mites, like a bad, yeah. you know, a lot of yeah. mites. And That's like bad bugs. You know what I mean? Know, yeah. And they get in there, they'll start eating at the leaves, the bug, or the bud, and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. they'll destroy your whole crop. So what you what know. would you say? What is the most profitable profitable strand that produces the most? Like, what is your favorite strand that you like to grow? Uh, I yeah, Gorilla Glue is my uh, is my go to. Okay. And why Gorilla Glue? Um, I it, it's a very high yielder. Right. It produces okay. a lot. You if you get a good cut of Gorilla Glue, it's fire. You can do anything with Gorilla, is a good producer. You could do like Gorilla cookies. Mm-hmm. You know, you grow. All ca- anything with Cali glue, anything with the glue is going to produce. And they're, you know, not, you know, if you, me, I work a lot. So if I get caught at the airport and I don't feed on time, you know, you, you can drive down the highway, throw it out the window at 80 miles an hour, go pick it up a week later, and it's still going to grow. With certain strains like, uh, you know, uh, uh, sour diesel, it's a very mm-hmm. sensitive strain. A lot of sativas, which people don't grow many of them, they don't produce. But so you're saying that they need different nurturing. Each strand doesn't yeah, just grow the same. You can't just use the same method for the same strand, you know? I understand. Everything <clears throat> is different. And some people they've mastered some, and that's what they stick to. I just love glue because it produces, it's good, it's you know, really good bud. You could, you gotta get a good cut of it. What about like a lot of people even do, you know, back backyard projects, like outdoor, like how, how is that competitive with, you know, is it compatible to indoor or, like, is there a big difference? You could get good outdoor weed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good outdoor weed, but, you know, I don't like it. You know, a lot of outdoor weed, we're not in the environment to grow it. You know what I'm saying? Our summers okay. get really hot. Our winters get cold. We don't have no middle season, you know, to grow it. Mm-hmm. My cousin's got a farm, but uh, actually, like, three hours away. Mm-hmm. And this year they cropped... Uh, 16,500 plants. Wow. But they're, uh, they they did all that for the distillate. Mm. Where they break it into distillate for their edibles and their, you know, pens and all that is stuff. That, so is that a profitable business? Like, uh, Oh, yeah. For them, they're, you know, licensed. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, know, absolutely. They, they, you know, my cousin was actually the first recreational license in the state. And where was he out of? Where was uh, exclusive. Ann Arbor. And Ann Arbor, okay. So my cousins are out there. Shout out. What up, cuz? Yeah. So they were the first recreational license. They were on the news and everything. They came out. The state came out with the media, passed out the licenses. And it, it's good. But, see, it's not federally legal. So that's the, the scary part because the feds, 
they'll come in anytime, you know, but generally they don't because of how much taxes you pay. You yeah, I mean, you know, because there's a lot of Heavy people taxes. investing a lot of what of their monies, yeah. savings into these, you know, growing projects and stuff like that. And, you know, I just, I hear things and people talk about, you know, some are successful, some are. A lot of trial and error. Sometimes you lose more than you gain initially in the beginning. But if you're in it for the long haul, you know, it could be profitable, you know. Thank God I got support. You know, I was going helping my cousin. So my whole thing is, is the reason why I advance... I believe I advance a lot faster than like most people because when I'm watching people, I'm not watching to what they're doing like good. I'm watching all their errors. Okay. And that's where I. But are you a pessimistic thinker, or is it part of your job to see what the? Oh, because you, you want to learn from the, yeah, the wrong. Yeah. So okay, learning got from. You. So I'm learning from you. their mistakes. Because you know how you got some people who just only see negative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I look at their mistakes because I'm like, okay, that's what I'm not going to do. But, you know, I try to do a lot of different things and, you know, back to the basics because the basics is always good, you know. That's but thank God I got support, a lot of support. From man, yeah, thank God for all the support, you know. And uh, if you don't have any support, um, do, some, do some soul searching because all the answers are within you, I promise you. And big shout out to my man Emmanuel Juarez from the neighborhood made this shirt for me with Tupac and Chalino Sanchez. You know what I mean? Big ups to that. Yes, and uh, big ups to to my sponsors, uh, my my brother at LA Landscaping, uh, Jose Rivera. Big shout out to Tony Mendez, uh, to the other brother with the Word on the Street podcast, DJ Angel. And, and listen, man, and this comes from my heart, man. Lit Music Entertainment, man. Jose Del Valle, Detroit DJ Dan, man. I couldn't do this without you, brothers, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Much love and, you, way too, and, and, and all you brothers, man, in the neighborhood that's doing right and doing your thing, man. Let's work together, man. Let's make things happen. We can do it together. We can get there together, man. United. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all stand for the same thing, so let's move together. Let's move forward together. Oh, yeah. Yup. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 So, um... Listen, one of the things that I want to clear up that maybe you can explain is, you know, I've heard a lot of conversations about people talking about why Arabs are so successful in America. And I've heard a lot of people talking about, oh, well, they get tax breaks for seven years or they never have to pay taxes. And for all these reasons, like I never really understood it. But is, is there a way you can break it down and educate me and everybody else who wants to know? So any person who moves here from any other country, right? Mm -hmm they get a seven-year tax break on business taxes, right? So they don't pay business taxes, but they're bringing in money, which they do get taxed on. So you pay every other tax, you know, your property tax, you know, income tax, you pay everything. You just don't pay a business tax for the seven years okay. to help people get on their feet okay. for bringing in money to the United States to start a business. But for the most part, most of the people that come over here, especially from the Middle East, they're coming from war-torn countries, Okay. And they're coming here with nothing, right? So that's where the drive is of always like work, 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 you know, because you got to, you know, get to that next level because you're coming from nothing. So you'll see a lot of people, they'll move here from overseas, you know, and they'll all live together. They'll all work real hard, you know, and basically that's where they start buying their businesses from. It's like mm -hmm. saying my cousins will move here, they'll move in with us, you know, work, work, work. To where they get their money to buy a business. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, people, they are here longer than that seven years before they could actually buy businesses. So that seven year, you know, ta business tax is mm -hmm. done. 
Okay. You know, you're here, you gotta so you have seven years within them seven years, and you can get uh, business tax free. From what I understand, you know, okay. from what I've been told from like accounting friends okay. and all that all right. stuff. But I just want to give yeah. out accurate information because it is a question that people ask. Now, I, what I want to really get into that I admire the most, you know what I'm saying about about your 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 people and your culture is that they support one another, they work yeah. together. If they open up a business, it's it's the family runs it, and they pass on these work ethics, and they support one another, and they save for one another, and they pre-plan for the future of their kids and their families, and and I think it's very beautiful, you know, that you can be able to live like that, and 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 um, you know, I I I just I think that you guys set a new standard for people in general, you know, to be able to be able to mimic that type of tradition, that type of practice, that type of unity, because that's what builds nations that's what builds communities you know and that's what builds character that's what builds trust and integrity and um and i just and 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 together you guys move forward you become successful you yeah. know you tell me about a lot of things that you do to help your family and and you know what they do for you and like um you know like tell us a little bit about that like how how, how rewarding is it you know and and you know I, i'm sure like anything else nothing is ever easy you know, but if everybody's on the same page and striving for the same goal, then it yeah. makes things easier. See, with my family, what's benefited us, it's like I have a lot of older cousins mm -hmm. who came, you know, over here with, well, or like their family, my, you know, my aunts and uncles, they move here. And overseas, you know, it's like people, you don't go to school. Your kids go to work because, you know, everybody's income counts. So you got to, you know, Everyone's working, so we we're always all working from young. And with my older cousins, it's like I couldn't build any of my rooms that I've built without them, right? Mm -hmm. What they do is like because you're always working with them, like okay, we're gonna build you a room. You know, you obviously got to pay them back and everything, mm -hmm. but it's like we're like when I was going to college, my cousin, you know, when I was short on tuition, would be like, all right, here's you know a tw check for tuition, you know. Mm -hmm. And he's giving me multiple ones, like, check. And it's like, with us, it's like, don't, with that, he's like, don't pay me back. But when your younger cousins are going to school and you got it, you got you better be there for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you cover. So yeah. it's like the right hand washes the left hand, left hand washes the right hand, you know? So it's like you got to keep going, moving to that next level, and they do it together. And even, like, if I were to open a business, right, my cousins all would have, like, older cousins, they would have to kind of basically put a stamp on it. Of, yeah, because you just told me your family, um, they ran a cookie business in the malls. They had cookie, multiple cookie businesses. Then um, you said that, uh, um, what else they had? The, the restaurant. The Leo's, the Leo's Coney Island. They're partners in with the, that. The uh, dispensary. Then they got the dispensaries. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it's amazing. I, it's amazing, and I applaud you guys. And, and But so many people, including myself, want to know, like, how do you get there, you know? Well, and Because I hope one day, you know, I could be as successful and be able to be a pioneer for my family and have yeah. something to pass down. You know, not just leave a memorable legacy behind, but, you know, uh, a legacy behind for my family to be able to survive, not just today, but for in the future as well. So... Um, well, my uncles, a lot of them, they moved here, especially in Detroit, 
they all had shoe repairs and like dry cleaners, right? Okay. And one of my old older cousins who basically started like the empire of the family mm. would go to work with, you know, his dad, my uncle, in Northland, they had the shoe repair. Okay. Right? Damn, so they got a shoe repair company I mean, business well, too. And he saved up, you know, he bought the Mrs. Fields right across the hall from him, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then that's the thing, you, you know, from that one store, he turned into 28 stores, you know, and then he sold a lot of them, went to the mortgage industry, that crashed, and then, you know, he lost a lot, built himself back up, bought a whole bunch of Cinnabons, right? Okay. And then from Cinnabons, you know, he transitioned into, like, the restaurant and the marijuana industry, which a lot of my cousins have been a part of, but, you know, it just exploded from there, you know, he paid all the taxes, do everything right. You know, the state's got every inch of the the place covered in cameras. You know, they could see everything, you know? Yeah. So if you run clean operations, you do everything right, mm -hmm. you know, it just goes from there. The state called them up, said, we're going to give you the first recreational license, and we're bringing all media with us. Wow. And that just went nuts, you know, from mm -hmm. there. And, you know... So, so is this cultivated, this tradition is cultivated, it's groomed into your family, yeah. you know, each one teach one, we teach one another, we support one another, yeah. you know. And, so you have to, it's like you got no choice, you know, it's like mm -hmm. they, they supported us, we got support. So, so what about for the people who do feel like they have a choice, you know, you have a lot of people who, who don't have the support system that you have, but they still have goals, they still have dreams, they still have ambitions. Like, you know, I see a lot, I love, I love an underdog story, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the rags to riches story. I, I love stories like that. And, and um, you know, I, I, me financially, I'm, 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 I'm far from wealthy or rich. And, you know, I hope one day I'll be doing a lot better financially. But at the end of the day, I feel like the richest man in the world because, you know, I'm just, I, I've been so blessed. My life been so blessed. I got all the right people in my life. I got good woman, good family, good friends. And, you know, I got so many friends, you know, in prison, doing life, you know, a lot of people passing away. And I just, you know, I'm grateful, man, to, to have life, to have fingers, toes, you know, and, and just more so than anything, just the heart, you know, to, to be able to love and accept love. And, um, you know, so I, I, I live I live a rich life, you know, and to me, that's priceless, you know, so. Well, even with like, I would say you got to set goals. Right. Mm -hmm. And with me, how I view it is when I go into a new environment, a new store, this and that, I master my position. I know I have to master it in six months. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. Right. And then within one year, right, I have to master the, the next person's position. Right. <clears throat> to make sure I know their job, even if it's not my job. Okay. Right. And then you know, six months to another year, I always had that two-year goal, right? To where I've mastered everyone's job to where I'm doing it better than them, right? So when, when people say that, you know, there's no opportunity out there, you, get, you can't jump to the top. You've mm -hmm. got to set your goals, you've got to start somewhere, and you've got to go for it, right? Mm -hmm. And once your goals and your priorities are set, right, people will tell you that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm broke, right? And then they'll be like, oh, you know, it's just hard out here. But you look at them, they got the new you know, Samsung Note 20, that's like $1,500. They got the PS5, right? 
I want the PS5. But see, the last one. I'm taking all donations, baby. Look you know, out for me. But see, that's the thing. You know, that's their goals. If you want to be a gamer, people make money on games, but you got to set your goals, right? Yeah. So now, me, the last game system I owned was a Nintendo 64. Dang. Right? <laughs> because my whole thing was, is this going to make me go to the next level, or is that going to make me go to the next level? And people also base their success off of money. Money's not success. Mm-hmm. It's how you live your life is if you're successful, you know. Not if bad. you if you have good value, you know, and you gotta think about it. Somebody like doctors, they won't make money until their late fifties. Why? You graduate from school, you're already thirty, thirty something years old, right? You have a half a million in student loan debt, that's why doctors are working so hard, mm-hmm. and then they're starting their families. Now they want that Mercedes that they haven't driven for 30 years, right? They want that big house that they've never lived in, right? But I have a cousin who was a doctor, bought a regular house, driving, you know, regular, you know, cheap Hondas, not even brand new Hondas, until mm-hmm. he paid off all his loans, and now he's like, okay, now I go to that next level. So right. he lived within his means then. Yeah. yeah. So he, he dedicates, okay, this is my salary that goes towards, ev- that I'm going to live with. Mm-hmm. Right? And then that's how you go. Everyone's going to live their, their lifestyle of their salary. But how to move to the next level is how much extra work you're going to put. I, 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 really, I really respect the process that you allow yourself to go through. He said when he gets a job, he learns to master his, his, his job, his skill. Then he tries to learn and master the, the position of the guy next to him. And, and and that's how you really educate yourself, have the experience. You know, you start from the bottom, work your way up to the top. Now now, now you own your own business. And you can make your demands then. And even if you don't own a business, right? You can make your demands to where you're so you know, you're valuable to the store. Yeah, you you become an to, asset. Now you can work to where I can do everybody's position with my eyes closed, you know? And that's the thing. That's the drive I took when we first opened up, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy in there. Spence, Spence was there, and it was nuts, you mm-hmm. know? And everyone took their days off. I didn't for the first three months. I took one wow. day off in the first three months. Why? Because I I was like, shit, you know? This is, this is the airport. It's crazy. It's not like the outside, you know? You mm-hmm. got... You know, thousands of people walking in there a day, you know. Trust me, I hear the stories from Katie every night. She's talking about everyone came in and said this and did that. And and, I say, all right. So when I was there for the first, you know, few months, I was like, oh, man, this is going to take me forever. But we eventually got it down. You know, everything's running smooth, thank God, you know. Always thank God. And just go from there. And, you know, now it's just like, hey, you know. Constantly, you get calls, and you got to take the calls. You got to see it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the hustle and bustle. It's a lot to manage. You got, you got to be that person to where, not oh, I'm off the clock. I'm not going to take any calls, mm-hmm. right? So now, when you take calls, it's usually because there's an issue. So now I'm learning from everybody's mistake of what was happening to prevent that issue, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you got to take those calls. You got to learn everything. You got to know. Everything, you know. Absolutely. And that, that's the thing. And that, that's a lot of responsibility to be in a leadership position is that you are responsible for other people and the way that they, you know, the results are a reflection of you and your leadership. 
you know. I know everybody called, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, get themselves the title of being a boss, being a boss, but there's a difference in between and being a boss and being a leader, you know, because when you're a leader, that means that you have to lead by example and you have the best interests of your people, you know, and, and being a good leader doesn't always necessarily mean that you need followers. It just means that you're a pillar in a community that has great ideas, you know, and that, that benefit your community and your society in general. There, there's different type of leaders that I look at, and, uh, you know, I was in ROTC when I was, you know, in high school. Okay. Right? And I was too. You have colonels in a battle that would give you the map and tell you this is how we're going into battle. Right, mm -hmm. but then you have the sergeants and all that that's actually in the front of the line guiding people. Now, who do you think is more important? People will tell you, Oh, the, the colonel is the most important one, giving you the direction on, mm -hmm. on what to do. But yeah. in honesty, he's he's sitting back, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can get to that point, but that point is like everything changes day by day, you'll never have the same day, you know. So you got to always be in the front of that line to adapt to the changes, you know? Hey, listen, and man, why don't you like this up for me? I, I ain't never hit a hookah, man, but let, let, let me hit it one time. I don't even smoke tobacco or nothing, but just for the experience, you know? I killed this one, so I'm... I did care if I killed this one. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to bring this one over. Let me just During the inter inter intermission, I had to... What, what uh, flavor is this? This is an Irish peach watermelon. Irish peach watermelon yeah. tobacco, huh? So I, I had to I had to switch it out <laughs> here and up. I'm gonna try it out, y'all. I'll switch this up, but hookah is it's good. It's, I'm scared. I don't know why I'm scared. <laughs> so what do you what do you do? Just just smoke it. You know, flavorful, right? <laughs> Tastes like a black and mild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, penitentiary habits. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, see, even... That's pretty good, actually. Even your story... I like it, like that. You know, when we were talking the other day, you showed me a picture of your, like, desk when you were there, right? And you even started. So even when people say, like, oh, it's hard, I can't do this, I can't do that, what am I going to do, right? To me, you're successful, right? You're living life, you're loving life, you know, you got your family around you. And that's success that's right there. Even though with that time taken, it's never too late. You're still able to bounce back and to me be a successful person, right? Yeah, and what's more valuable than, than you know, family and happy, you know, and to, to live life, absolutely. you know, and to make a difference in your community. Yeah. That, that right there is more successful than, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know, mm -hmm. look, you, you think all that money's going to buy him happiness? He got divorced, right? Mm -hmm. And he's constantly living with the stress of his work. Okay. You know? To me, I, I think I'm more successful than him because mm -hmm. I believe I'm living, like, a happier life, a better mm -hmm. life, you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And because, that, because you have a different standard, different belief yeah. system, different moral system, different priorities. And that's motivation. You know? Even your story itself is mm -hmm. like when people say, oh, you know, you know, that's motivation of what you're doing, right? What you're doing, I respect highly because, you know, that that is a good bounce back, you know, and I believe you're successful. You thank know? you, thank you, man. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, man, when you just... You know, I, I lived a lifestyle just straddling the fence all the time, man. 
And, you know, at the end of the day, man, you just, you got to choose a side. You got to figure out, you know, how you going to walk, how you going to live, you know. And, um, you know, once I made my mind up, man, I just stuck to the script. You know, I kept myself around good people. I made sure that I was always doing inventory with myself. I always stay focused. And, um, you know, every day, man, I just wake up with gratitude in my heart, man. And you set your goals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and my goal really more than anything is just to help as many people as I can. You know, I pray all the time and I ask for more, but it's because the more that I have, the more that I have to give, you know. So if you're in an opportunity or if you're in a position and there's an opportunity for you to help somebody, man, help somebody and make you feel good, you know. Yeah, especially this time. And, but but when you help, like a lot of people say, I'm going to help and I'm going to give you something, you know, because, you know, because God going to get me back. You know, that ain't how it go, man. When you help somebody, you help them because that's the kind of heart you get, because you love them. You no more own it. There's no more strings attached. You do it because you want to be a good person. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's, that's the key right there is being a good person. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So listen, after uh, before before we close out, we let every you know guest sign the, the wall of fame, man. So I'm going to let my man Ferris Jacob. You know, get it on, get, get him on there real quick. Appreciate this too, man. Oh, yeah, cool. And it got me upset. Living in that very tell American dream. Killing when you walking with a gangster lean. Even though you know they go, they all this same. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.